Not me! Michael. So you tell me your treadmill is finally fixed? It's fixed. You're going to get on that baby today? Well, I have to take the clothes off it first. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate that. So when you get on that treadmill, do you pound it out to hot tunes or TV? I watch TV and, you know... I used to watch cable news, but it right. was too depressing. And my exercise, which I hate, seemed like it lasted forever, right? Right. So what did I do? I put something on that made me happy. The Andy Griffith Show. <laughs> I don't know. I, to me, I got to have music. I, I put on up-tempo music, and uh, it makes me... I play music. I listen to music all the time. Why do I want to hear music? Because you're the music man. That's why you should listen to us when you're on that machine. Because we're pounding out the tunes, are we not? Yes, you are. You're pounding them, baby. I'm pounding they call, them. They call you the pounder. <laughs> they used to call me the pounder in school. <laughs> That's right. Wasn't that your early name in radio, too? The, the grade pounder? school pounder. Hey, Trucking time, pounding Kent. Yeah. Well, listen to this, pounder. You're going to love this story. A woman in Wyoming, Pennsylvania... I think that's in the middle of nowhere up there. In Wyoming, area. Pennsylvania. That's your home state, isn't it? Yes, it is. And where is Wyoming? I think it's up there in God's country, you know, like in north central Pennsylvania, where there's not many people, just a lot of deer. Like Erie? That's too far west. That's too far. Anyway, this woman broke into a police station. She broke into a police station using one of those large cigarette butt receptacles that are outside buildings, smashed in the window to break in because she wanted to date a cop that had arrested her earlier in the year. Oh, well, that's a good reason. She liked that whole handcuff thing, right? That's right. Don't worry, officer. She brings her own handcuffs to the table. Yeah, that was part of your, I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. Stepped you stepped on, on your it. joke. I'm, that's why you're the pounder, baby. You the pound pounder, I'm pounding it, baby. <laughs> you pound right on my, you stepped on my line, you pounder. Look, she wanted to date a cop. Now she's got a date with a judge. <laughs> yeah. Here's what uh, I want to understand. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> She said, is that a baton in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? That's what she said. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and hurry up, guys. I hear she's still single. She is? Yes, she is. You got her phone number? <laughs> I saw I saw her I saw her mugshot. Yeah. Stalkers usually don't weigh 300 pounds, do they? No. Actually, uh, that could be proven to be uh, true. This woman would actually call 911 to talk to him. Really? Yeah. yeah. But is that, is that true for you? Yes, for it's true. Google How it. stupid could you be? Yeah, pretty stupid. But here's what I don't understand. She had to break into the police station. What police station is closed? Yeah. And it seems to me they would want to welcome in the riffraff. I mean, isn't that where the riffraff goes? That's right. Maybe they don't have riffraff in Wyoming, Pennsylvania. They don't? Maybe. I'm telling you, it's just a lot of deer up there. I think the high and mighty sheriff needs to give her 24 hours before sundown to get out of town. Just like the wild, wild Wyoming. <laughs> Tom and Mike. Mr. Pounder, I've got something I haven't done for a while with you. I am going to read you some famous quotes from famous people in the world that everybody has heard these quotes before. Well, maybe not everybody. I'm going to make it easy for you. After I read the quote, I'm going to give you three choices and you're going to say, who said that quote? Are you ready? Okay, but first... Ladies and gentlemen, let's go. And now it's time to play a game. Famous quotes. Who said it? It is better to be feared than loved if you can't be both. Now, who said this? The lovely Adolf Hitler? That ornery baseball player Ty Cobb? Or that Italian Renaissance man Machiavelli? It is better to be feared than loved if you can't be both. Let's go with... 
the Italian Renaissance man. Look at you. One for one out of the block. The pounder. The pounder. All right, here's one. Here's an easy one. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Was this done by... I already know. John Lennon. Oh, my Lord. You're two for two. Here we go, buddy. That was kind of easy. I know. Well, you're a smart guy, Mr. Pounder. Independence is happiness. Was that said by Jeff Bezos, Thomas Jefferson, or Susan B. Anthony? Let's go with Jefferson. Oh, your first strike. That was Susan B. Anthony. Susan B. Susan B., baby. She was all independent way back when independent wasn't cool. Right. All right, here you go. You ready? You got to recover now. Recover. We got another one. <laughs> well, we got four more. Listen to this. Four more? You can't blame gra- <laughs> You can't blame gravity for falling in love. Now, who said that? Larry King, married eight times, Sir Isaac Newton, or Albert Einstein? You can't blame gravity for falling in love. That sounds like a Larry King quote. Oh, you are wrong, sir. You're starting to average out now. You're too my friend Newton? No, that was Albert. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. You're going to redeem yourself on this I one. I hope so. I have not failed. I have just found 10,000 ways that don't work. Now, who said that? George W. Bush, Casey Stengel, or Thomas Edison? Edison. You got it, buddy. Yeah, I know all about Edison. That's <laughs> in my wheelhouse, so thank you for that. All right, here we go. Tell me, and I forget. Teach me, and I remember. Involve me, and I learn. Now, who said that? Chuck Ma- Khan? <laughs> <laughs> Mother, Ter- Mother Teresa, Jimmy Carter, or Benjamin Franklin? Let's go with Franklin. You got it, buddy. Four out of six. All right. All right, now I'm going to give you an easy one to end this on. Are you ready? These are famous quotes by presidents. And you're going to tell me, this is such a layup for you, I'm sure. I'm going to tell you the quote. You tell me who the president was. Are you ready? Okay. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. We don't get multiple choice? No. They're so easy. You have to get it. Oh, FDR. There you go. Ask not what your country can do for you. Kennedy, come on. All All right. Now, here's the last one. They say a wall is medieval. Well, and so is a wheel. A wheel... Is older Trump. than, than ding, a wall. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> a wheel is older than a wall. I mean, right? Yeah. There you go, buddy. Okay. Famous quotes. So you got, uh, let's see, you made missed two and got five. That's pretty good, pal. So I got 85 on the exam. The pounder got 85 on the exam. See how I did that quick math? You know how I do that? Because okay, I am the rain man of radio, baby. Tom and Mike. Now, look, Americans are now more likely to die from an opioid overdose than in a car crash. See, here's the good news. The opioid crisis is almost not a crisis anymore. The numbers are going down exponentially. You knew that, right? Well, I didn't know I didn't know that. Yeah. So why are we doing this story? Because right now, <laughs> because it was just in the paper yesterday. Well, oh, the 90- paper? You still get you still get that ink on your hands every no, day? I go to the internet, my friend. Well, no ink there, just in your eyes. Now, right now, one in 96 people have a chance of dying of an overdose from opioids, whereas only one in 103 have a chance of dying in a car crash. It's gotten so bad that crash test dummies will now be used to train EMTs on how to give those Narcon injections. How about that? Really? <laughs> They're just Vince and Larry is back. They're not doing anything. They're just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> Damn seatbelts, right? Is that what you're telling me? I'm going to put a seatbelt around my medicine cabinet is what I'm going to do. Now, do you know what's the number one killer of Americans? Number one? Yeah. 
Let's say heart disease. You got it, buddy. You know what number two is? Cancer. You got it. Look at you. <laughs> well, here's some here's some more. One hello, in, Mr. No-Brainer. You have a one in 32,000 Americans have a chance of dying in a cataclysmic storm. One in 188,000 to die in an airplane crash. That's pretty good, right? One in 243,000 to die in a train. When's the last time you were on a train? Never. Have you ever taken a trip on a train? Yeah. You have? Plenty. Really? Yeah. I'm not talking about around town. I'm talking about, you know, cross country. Well, I went from Paris to Rome, which is about 18 hours. They have those high-speed trains. Not when I did it. I'm telling you, when I did it, you went to the bathroom, you opened up the toilet, and you saw the track below. Let me ask you this, because you're a well-traveled man, and I know we're kind of getting off subject here because we're talking opioids. Right. And we can get back to that. But you're a well-traveled man. Right. You go to Europe usually about once a year. Every September. You and your lovely wife, Claire. Right. Are they really way ahead of us as far as infrastructure with trains, bullet trains, and all that stuff? Is Not that only that. Airports, train stations, everything is modern. I mean, of course, you'll find places that are, you know, beat up and old. But mostly the big capital cities like London, Paris, Rome... Athens, Amsterdam, blah, blah, blah. Everything's modern. Everything's clean. You know, they have us beat that way. So have you ever been on one of those high-speed trains? I remember we went from England to Paris under the channel. You know, that they built that uh, So it's not like a subway? No. It's like an underground bullet train? Yeah. And we went from... How fast does it go? uh, You don't know because you're all in dark the whole time. Because you're underneath the water. You can't see the walls going by. There's windows. It's dark. I guess you can, but you're going so fast you can't really tell. Pay attention, Michael. Take in the darkness. Okay, so just to kind of bring this around full circle, do they have an opioid crisis over there? (laughs) I don't know. I I don't travel in those circles when I go over there. Okay, let's bring it back to America. All right, now, you know there's one in 114 Americans die from falling? That hits home to you, because didn't you take a big fall a couple years ago? And you're saying, yeah, one in nine die from opioids? One in No, no, one in 96. One in 96. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't hear the six part. One in 114 die from falling, which tells me that you've got to make sure that that French stoop of yours is, all the ice has to be out. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, actually, I'm auditioning for my new job at <laughs> nightclubs after the show as uh, Vanilla Ice... Cover artist. There you go. The Pounder. Tom and Mike. Now, here's a story you're going to really love. I don't know if you're going to love it, but it's you should, maybe you should give me a ruling from Judge Kent. A West Palm Beach surgeon has agreed to pay a fine of only $3,000 for accidentally removing a woman's kidney, thinking it was a cancerous mass. She went in there for some kind of spinal work. He goes in, looks at it, and says, oh, you got a cancerous mass. I got to lose, get rid of this thing. And she took out a perfectly good kidney. $3,000, don't you think that's a little low? You're asking Judge Kent? Yes. Judge Kent just got his envelope from the medical establishment this morning, so I'm going to rule in favor of the plaintiff. That's right. The doctor got more than that for doing the surgery, right? That's right. I was just going to say, if he at that cost, he could remove both and get the right one to cover the cost of the one the mistake, right? That's right. You know... In defense of the doctor, she had this condition where her kidney never ascended into the abdomen and was located in the pelvic region, right? 
So there's a little bit, but don't they do, you know, x-rays and stuff like that? And if you go in there, they're blaming the patient for not telling the doctor that. So next time I start going in and I say, hey, doc, I keep getting headaches. I think I have brain cancer. <laughs> Gee, you think? Let's open up that skull, pal. Yeah. Let's see what's under the hood. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I read this story about a guy who had nasal surgery or nose surgery. Okay. A few months after the surgery, he's at home and he starts pulling things out of his nose. He pulled out a foot long surgical gauze, foot long. This yeah. was three or four months after the surgery. Now the guy's doing fine. Not only that, he now has a career as a magician. <laughs> How about that? That's, yeah. a true That's a true story. Not that he's a magician, but that he pulled out a foot long piece of gauze. And I also understand he took that gauze and made some kind of modern art with it and sold it for a bunch <laughs> of money. I also remember a story about a Nebraska farm boy fell off a tractor in a terrible accident and he lost his right arm and his left thumb in a, in a tractor accident. And the doctors were able to attach, he lost the arm, but they are able to put the, took the thumb off his other hand, the arm came off and put it on his, on his left hand. So he had his right thumb on his left hand. He's doing fine, but it's a bitch trying to get anywhere hitchhiking. <laughs> I made I that knew up. that was coming. <laughs> Tom and Mike. A 21 year old man, he wins and he loses a Detroit hide and seek contest. You want to know what that's about, pal? What is that about? Apparently, I don't believe this story for a minute, a bunch of friends went to go play hide-and-seek in an abandoned warehouse in Detroit, okay? Yeah, there's a few of those there. So he runs, and he darts into this room. It happens to be an elevator with no thing on it, and he falls to his death. They leave, not knowing what happened to him, and they say they'll come back in the morning and look for him. Great friends, huh? Yeah, but he won the contest. Well, and he doesn't have to live in Detroit anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hide and seek. Sure. That, that's the richest story of the day. I, I can't wait to see the toxicology report on this guy. There's no way. I wonder if he fell on some bullets on the way down. Maybe. <laughs> that's why I only play hide and seek in public libraries. That's what I do. Ah, you are a wise young man. 21 and playing hide and seek. They left him thinking he'd gone home. Smells like murder me and I'm no Columbo. <laughs> no. Now, when you were a kid, Who my was friend, Columbo, by the way? <laughs> yeah, uh, something my parents told me about. Now, when you were a kid, what were your favorite games that you played? Did you ever play hide and seek? Yeah, I like jump rope. No. Oh, that's when you're a little, little kid. The pounder played jump rope? Yeah. I'm talking about when you're like 14. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, it's amazing that I didn't become a gambler because I got hooked on this when I was 14. First, you start out with coins doing match. Right. You know, the match game. And then you progress to... I can't remember what it was called, but you flip coins against the wall to see, you know, who's going to get closest to the wall. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but it's amazing. I didn't turn out to be a gambler. But you never played like in the neighborhood, like Capture the Flag or... King of the Hill. King of the Hill. Yeah. Yeah, we played that. We used to play a game called Smear, where you'd have like eight or nine kids, all about 15, and you'd throw the football up in the air, you'd catch it. And then everybody would tackle the guy. <laughs> they called it smear. But no hide-and-seek falling down elevator shafts? No. I like dodgeball, too, because I would catch the ball and then you'd be out. I was good at catching the ball. Remember yeah, they- I used to slam that dodgeball into the girls. Oh, right. That's why they call me the pounder. Tom and Mike. All right, pounder. Now, look, I'm going to give you a second test today. This is a big day for a test. I'm going to read you eight or nine stories, and you're going to have to tell me which is the fake story 
for, taken from the onion. You know the onion, right? I do know the onion, but I think eight or nine might be pushing the envelope. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got eight. Real quick, I'll go through them. And you're going to tell me if they're fake from the onion or they're real stories. Okay, ready? but first, it's time for Fake News, Not Fake News. They just did a study and they found that most concussions could be prevented if you wear a second football helmet. True. <laughs> no, that's false, you knucklehead. <laughs> All right, here we go. Well, Second. a helmet within a helmet, you know. <laughs> an attorney for a woman charged with... <laughs> an attorney for a woman this charged with... This is fun. Drunk... It, it exposes just how stupid I am. <laughs> an attorney for a woman charged with drunken driving hinted his client's coat chewing couldn't could have thrown off the results of the breathalyzer test. She chewed on her coat. Is that true or false? True. Uh, you're right. Okay. All right, here's, here's the next one. All right, here you go. A dog-sniffing police dog had to be given a Narcon shot after sniffing the passenger boarding a cruise ship because the guy had so much drugs on him. True or false? False. True. True? Yep. Poor doggy. <laughs> I have to give shots to my little diabetic dog twice a day. Did you know that? Right. It's so sad. And then when we get suspicious knocks on the door at odd hours, I have to give that same dog... The narc shot. Wow. All right, here, real quick. <laughs> that was a joke. But All right. You mental don't like my jokes, do you? Here, mental health experts say friends giving away possessions could be a warning sign they're planning to move. True. False. False. Yep. Uh, here's an easy one for you. An entire Louisiana town to move 40 miles inland because of rising sea levels. Where's this at? It's called Isle de Jean-Charlie in, in Louisiana. Yes. That true. Is, true. You got it, too. Yeah, it's two for two. All right. No, no, you're not two for two. So that was true. Yeah, that was true. You so got I got right. that right. Yeah. A Taiwanese man was fined for sending a Scottish fold cat in the mail. A what? It's called a Scottish fold cat. I don't know what it is either, but he was fine. Well, at least it was fold, already folded, right? A Scottish fold cat, F-O-L-D, in the mail. True or false? True. You're right, buddy. You're, you're on, all right, last one. Okay. A woman riding an electric cart and chugging wine from a Pringles can was banned from Walmart. True. False. Oh. There you go, buddy. You did all right. I did. You did all right. Do you like that game? I was liking it in the beginning. I was pounding them out in the beginning, but then I started to peter them out. Well, I'm going to- Peter give, and pound. I'm going to give a, a, I'm going to really work hard. So next week we'll do that again and hopefully you can redeem yourself. All right. Hopefully. What's so, this world coming to.com. It's our daily podcast. It's so much fun. Tom and Mike.